Welcome to UAB MedCast, a continuing education podcast for medical professionals, providing knowledge that is moving medicine forward. Here's Melanie Cole. Welcome to UAB MedCast. I'm Melanie Cole, and joining me today is Dr. Angelo Gaffo. He's a rheumatologist and a professor of medicine in the Division of Rheumatology at UAB Medicine, and he's here to give us a better understanding of gout flares. Dr. Gaffo, it's a pleasure to have you join us today. So I'd like you to start by telling us the scope of the issue we're talking about here today. What is gout? And tell us a little bit about the prevalence of it. Well, thank you very much for the invitation, Melanie. I'm very happy to be here. Gout is the most common inflammatory arthritis. This is not very well known sometimes. Most people think about rheumatoid arthritis as the most common arthritis with inflammation that patients struggle with. And rheumatoid arthritis is very important, of course. But gout is probably at least three or four times more common than rheumatoid arthritis. The issue is that gout for the longest time has been poorly understood or minimized or seen as a nuance more than a real problem that patients struggle with. So again, very common inflammatory arthritis, becoming more common epidemiological studies have confirmed that a number of factors are making the frequency of gout increase and all the factors associated with metabolic syndrome, obesity, increasing diabetes, for example, frequencies also share common pathways with how elevations in uric acid or serum urate and ultimately gout because both of them are so intimately related and go up. So very well documented in all kinds of civilizations around the world that the frequency of gout is going up very rapidly. Well, thank you for that. So Dr. Gaffo, speak a little bit about the clinical presentation as you're speaking to other providers about what they're going to see if someone goes first to their primary care provider before they see a rheumatologist. Tell us a little bit about how it manifests. Gout has been very well described in the medical literature for probably centuries. It commonly presents as an acute and intensely painful attack of joint pain and swelling, usually located in the lower extremities, most commonly in the first MTP of one of the feet. The classical episode is known as poddacra, and so the patient has typically excruciating pain in the base of one of the toes, great toes. However, it can involve the ankles, it can involve the knees. Sometimes we see it in other joints in the upper extremities, although the most common location for the first attacks are usually in the lower extremities. These attacks, if left untreated, they usually last for a period of three to seven days during these attacks that commonly come not only with pain, but with swelling in the joint, redness in the joint. The joint is quite warm and they are quite disabling. Patients usually cannot do too much during the episode of the attack. They cannot walk, for example, if it's in one of the feet. And typically, the degree of disability is such that patients need to go to an emergency room, urgent care, or sometimes they cannot enjoy their daily activities. Another important aspect of gout that is less common but also happens is some patients that have 
persistently high levels of uric acid can sometimes develop these masses of urate under the skin, which are called tophi, and they can be very aesthetically disabling deforming, and also they can damage the joints. They can lead to joint deformities, joint destruction, and a lot of disability chronically in the chronic phase of gout. In between the flares, the patients are usually largely asymptomatic, and that's why usually gout sometimes is so poorly understood and treated, is seen as a self limiting problem, but these attacks, if a patient is not taken care of well, these attacks usually become more and more frequent. And at some point, gout becomes a chronic arthritis, pretty much like rheumatoid arthritis or psoriatic arthritis, for example, that have constant pain and swelling. Gout transforms into that, and at that stage, it's much harder to treat. So interesting, and it's definitely something that I think that not every provider is aware of these clinical implications that you're discussing here today. Tell us about the work, Dr. Gaffo, that you've done in the past year that's led to a better understanding of the manifestations, and also you've worked with an international group to create a validated definition of flares for research, which is a great improvement for future clinical studies. Speak a little bit about the work that you've been doing and how you envision this research trans translating to better patient care. Yes, certainly. The problems that we have with gout is that there was not a standardized way to measure improvement or outcomes in gout. So we understand from clinical experience and what patients told us that patients care a lot about flares, patients care a lot about the TOFI, Patients care a lot about the disability, the quality of life part of it. And from the point of flares is a very fundamental characteristic of the gout experience. This is what patients probably care most about. And we did not have a standardized way to define or measure flares. So if you want to know, for example, you create a clinical trial, everybody was measuring or defining flares in their own way. So we needed to have a unified way of defining what a flare is and also how to measure them. Back a number of years ago, we came together in an international group of investigators that care a lot about gout, and we enrolled about 200 patients with gout that gave us data and told us, I think I'm having a flare or I don't think I'm having a flare on this visit. And we collected which symptoms did they have. And we also had uh, experienced rheumatologists on these different sites around the world that saw the patient without knowing what the answers to those questions were, and that they examined the patient, talked to them, and they gave us their opinion, is this patient having a flare or not? So we basically did a logistic regression analysis to define which factors define, according to the expert rheumatologist that was on site, the presence or no presence of a flare. And we came with a number of defining features of what the flare definition was. One was that the pain level that the patient reported needed to be at a level of three or more in a zero to 10 numeric rating scale. That scale that you get, of course, everywhere, you know, what's your pain level from zero to 10. A patient needed to have at least one joint which was swollen and at least one joint which was warm. And surprisingly also, another feature was when the patient actually thought 
yes, doctor, I'm having a flare. I know my body, my experience with gout in the past, and this feels like a flare. That also counted. So of all these four factors that I mentioned to you, the pain score, the patient-defined gout flare, one of the joints being swollen and one of the joints being warm, if the patient had three out of four, that was highly sensitive and specific. Our sensitivity was 91% and specificity was 82%. For defining, yes, in an independent way, the expert rheumatologist confirmed that this patient had a flare. We also did a validation exercise of this definition in another independent group of even higher of 500 patients from now from 17 other international sites and we confirm this very high sensitivity and specificity values. So we have a definition now which has been very well validated and we expect that all future clinical trials in gout are now incorporate this definition and that now we can compare different studies because this is the problem that a company does that in their gout flare treatment and a different company does in another gout flare treatment, how do you compare that the patients were enrolled in the same way, that the patients kind of followed a pattern to be enrolled? And now we have that. So hopefully it's going to advance the science of improving care for gout flares in the future. A word of caution, though, the way we created this definition, at this moment, only validated for clinical research. So I cannot tell a colleague this is the way to measure flares in your practice. So this has not been conceptualized, created, or validated for a clinical practice. So in clinical practice, you probably still need to go with your experience and knowing how gout flares present. You can probably imagine that these elements are the way patients present in practice, but it was not the way it was conceptualized. So even though it's not standardized, still very well done, and such excellent points that you've made Dr. Gaffo, tell us about your work with collaborators to understand the patient's perception of the burden that flares impose. This is such an interesting aspect of this condition because we know that that kind of a burden is really subjective and not objective. Tell us about this work. We have worked with very close collaborator group in New Zealand and also with other groups to understand in general the burden that flares imposed in patients with gout. And it's very interesting because different patients have different perceptions of what's important for them and what they value most. And in many cases, the pain in itself that gout flares bring up are one of the main components of the burden of the flare. But there are other elements to the number of the duration of the flare, of course, is something that patients also impose a heavy burden on them. The number of days that you cannot do things, the number of days that you, for example, you are out of work as somebody that has a physical work that needs to go to do something physical and they are missing work days. If you have to go to an urgent care or a hospital, the economical cost, the time, the anxiety of being admitted for your flares, of course, is important. Quality of life issues, the anxiety about when is the next flare going to come, or I'm missing my daughter's wedding, you know, like, or just the perception that you have to 
kind of always be aware that this may come to me at any moment and it's going to sidelight me. All of these were very important aspects that some multidimensional impact of gout flares, not only the pain at that moment, but also a lot of other aspects. We did quite a bit of qualitative studies with patients too, in which they gave us testimonials about the psychological impact, impact on family and social life in all the aspects that I just mentioned. So comprehensive, and I'm sure that not many people always think about those comorbid situations that go on with these patients and the effect on the quality of life, which is just so important. I'd like you to wrap up, Dr. Gaffa, with your best advice and key messages that you would like other providers to take away from this podcast so that they can better serve their gout patients. Yes, certainly. When a patient comes to a colleague's practice, for example, in an urgent care or an emergency room with a clinical presentation consistent with a gout flare, podagra, or a very hot and swollen joint. And and there are many ways to treat them. There is the drug called colchicine. There are steroids. There are anti-inflammatory drugs such as ibuprofen or naproxen. All of these are very effective and standardized for treatment of gout. But try not to just leave the care at that aspect. If the patient doesn't have established primary care or has not been referred to a rheumatologist, probably taking the extra step of trying to coordinate that will be quite helpful because at the end, what is going to prevent the recurrence of flares is the treatment of gout as a chronic disease. We rheumatologists know that we need to lower the serum urate or uric acid values in order to prevent flares from coming back in the future. So once gout is well treated, flares stop. And probably the main message that I will give to anyone that sees a flare of gout in their practice is take five, 10 minutes to explore if the patient is under the care of a rheumatologist or if the primary care doctor is already trying to manage it. And if that is not happening, if you can arrange for follow-up in a rheumatology clinic, that will be the way for that patient hopefully not coming back with another gout flare in the future. Thank you so much, Dr. Gaffo, for joining us today and sharing your incredible expertise in this area. I hope you'll join us again and update us as you learn more. And for more information, please visit our website at uabmedicine.org physician. That concludes this episode of UAB MedCast. I'm Melanie Cole.